be dismissed to children's church. The rest of us grab our Bible, Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter 56. Once again, Pastor sends his greetings. Wants to thank the church just for the opportunity for he and Miss Julia to be able to get away for their 30th wedding anniversary. And so they're spending some time. They're up in Vermont right now. And so uh, they'll be back this Tuesday, Lord willing. So pray for their safe return. But um, they just wanted to pass on. They're having a great time. Thank, thank you to the church for the opportunity for them to get away. Thank you for each one who is stepping up and helping. Psalms chapter 56. And we'll read the whole chapter and then we'll... Pray and get into it. So Psalms 56, verse number 1. Let's begin reading. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighteth daily. He, fighting daily, oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Thou Most High. What time I am afraid I will trust in Thee, in God. I will praise His word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity in thine anger? Cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. In God will I praise His word. In the Lord will I praise His word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. We thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your word. I just pray that your word would be clear to speak. That it would... That your word would touch hearts, Lord, and that we would make decisions based on your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What a wonderful statement of faith. That the fact that when this is David writing this psalm, we'll get into the background in a little bit. That what time, as his enemies were surrounding him, as he was afraid, I will trust in thee. What a beautiful verse. This is often a verse that parents will help their children memorize as little children. As they're memorizing, they'll learn John 3.16. They'll learn um, other verses. They'll learn this verse. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. David talking to God. I will trust in Thee. Sometimes, though, it can be used a little bit out of context. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. Every time I hear this verse... an event pops into my mind. Now, when I was a kid, pillow fights were a big deal. And it wasn't you were throwing pillows at people. You would take the heaviest cotton pillow you could find in the house and you'd stuff it all the way down at the end of the pillow sack so you could swing it like a club. And the best thing was you'd get one in one hand and one in the other hand. And then the little kids would be running... And you swing this way high and this way low. 
And so they'd come and you'd go like, and you could, if you did it right, if you timed it right, you could flip them. It was hilarious. And this is going back when I was, I was one of the little ones back then. And so we would have great big pillow fights in the basement sometimes or in our apartment. We'd have to be careful that we didn't break anything. But one time, the Wells, they're my cousins, the Wells, um, they're now uh, in Washington, D.C. They used to be in Papua New Guinea. So I, that's what keeps trying to come out of my mouth, Papua New Guinea. But they're um, my cousins, and they have a large family as well. And they're all a little younger than us. And so they were here visiting before they went back to Papua New Guinea. And sure enough, they have some older, um, their oldest are boys, and Peter and I and Stephen. So we get all together, and we're going to have this massive pillow fight. And we're, going, and we're swinging, and the oldest one is like six, and I'm like ten, and Peter's like thirteen. And so we're just beating up on these poor kids. We're knocking them around with pillows. Nobody was getting hurt. But here goes, uh, I believe it was Tory Wells. He, he may have been only like five at the time. And he's running around the basement, running as fast as he can as Peter and I are chasing him, and this is what he's saying. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee, is what he is saying as we are chasing him with pillows. I don't think he was actually in danger for his life. In fact, I know he wasn't. I was swinging the pillow. But, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee, and he is... He isn't actually in terror. He's just running. He's scared. We're closing in on him on all sides, and we're going to hit him with these pillows, and he is going to be defenseless shortly. But sometimes when we think about this verse, what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee, something terrible has to be going on, or it, we, we're just scared what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. But I don't think David was going through a pillow fight. I don't think some people were chasing him with an, with an intent of having fun and enjoying a good time with family. In fact, turn to 1 Samuel 21. Turn to 1 Samuel 21. The Psalms 56 actually has a heading, and it tells us when that this chapter was written. It was written when David was before the Achish king of Gath, when he was brought before the king of Gath, when he was fleeing from Saul. So, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse number 10, we're going to pick up the context of where David actually is, what David is going through when he writes this psalm, when he writes this prayer to God. Verse number 10 of 1 Samuel 21, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul, and went to Achish, king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart, and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them, and feigned himself mad in their heads, and scrabbled on the doors of the gate, and let his spittle fall down upon his beard." Then said Achish unto his servants, Wherefore then have you brought, me, brought him to me? Have I need of madmen, that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Abdullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither 
to him. I don't think David was running from pillows. David was actually in a place of despair. The Bible says that he fled that day from fear of Saul. Saul was his father-in-law. He was trying to kill him. He had already thrown two javelins at different times at David. Remember, David had killed the the, the giant Goliath. Saul had brought him into his house. You're going to be my chief of staff. Everything is great. David was behaving himself wisely. David had already been anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. If you've been in church, many of you know part of this background. And now Saul, his father-in-law, has the armies of Israel out chasing David with the intent to kill him. How many would like a father-in-law like that? Seriously, Saul... Isn't, he isn't playing games. Saul's out to kill him. He had already tried to have David killed in his sleep. He had commanded uh, soldiers go to David's house. David had heard Saul was coming and escaped. And so um, his wife had set up something in the bed that looked like he was sleeping. And Saul said, he's sick, he can't come. Well, bring him on the bed and kill him here before me. I mean, Saul was out of his mind. He was, David was in real trouble. He's a, and he's afraid of Saul. He is so afraid of Saul. There's fear in his life. And he is running from Saul. So to save his life, David had fled so quickly that he hadn't even taken supplies or weapons. He, he just got out of there as fast as he can. He wasn't packed to travel for days. He didn't have his bug out bag with him. He didn't have this survival kit and uh, uh, dehydrated food in his bag. And he didn't take all his weapons with him because he was a warrior. David was a warrior. He had led the armies of Israel. But he was fleeing so fast he had to leave. He didn't even have his weapons with him. That's how much fear was in David's life. So he stops earlier in, uh, we didn't read that part in First Samuel. He stops at the priests and says, Do you have any bread? We're, we're, I don't even have food to go on. We don't have any food. He only has a few guys with him. Remember, we talk about David and we hear about David and his mighty men. That happens after this point. He doesn't have more than maybe a handful, five, six guys, who would norm, his staff, who would normally maybe travel with him. That's it. He doesn't have a band of men. He doesn't have weapons. He stops at the priest. Like, do you have any weapon? Do you have anything? I am fleeing for my life. Now, was he primarily worried about Saul fighting off Saul? Maybe. But if you're wandering through the wilderness where there's lions and bears that David knew firsthand about being a shepherd, you would need some sort of weapon just to fend off the wild animals to take care of yourself. David doesn't have any weapons. Do you have any weapons? They give him Goliath's sword. Now, remember David had killed Goliath. Goliath was nine foot, six inches tall. David was probably about five, six, something like that. So he's got Goliath's sword. He's got to wear it over his back. Okay? Everybody can see it. It's there. It's sticking up. But he has Goliath's sword. He takes his men. And he's afraid of Saul. And so he begins to, without the counsel of God, leave Israel. He's scared. He's running from Saul. Saul's chasing him. 
We don't see that he's praying and asking for God, asking counsel of what he should do, where he should go. He's like, I gotta get away from Saul. I gotta get away from Saul. And he crosses the border, he goes over the mountains, and to the first city of the land of the Philistines. Now, were the Philistines friends with Israel? Not at all. They were enemies. In fact, here comes David. He's wearing Goliath's sword, right? Okay, he's got it over his back. He's walking into town. Where was Goliath from? People who know you, somebody help me out. Where was Goliath from? Gath, right? He's, I mean, yeah, he's from Gath. Where does David wander into? Gath. So we talk about jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Uh, that is an illustration. That is, you look up that in the dictionary, it has David's picture beside it, we might say. David is instantly recognized. There's people coming up. Achish, king, oh king. Guess who showed up in town? David is here. Okay, if your hometown hero in battle got wiped out by a 15-year-old, David, how high do you think that 15-year-old would rank on your most wanted list? Not only that, but up to that time, Saul really hadn't been that great of a general against the Philistines. There had been some victories, but nothing total. As soon as David became the general for Saul, they began defeating the Philistines and defeating the Philistines and defeating the Philistines. And who was the leader? David. Now, they didn't have most wanted posters back then, but his description was around town. So that when he walked in, he was instantly recognized. As soon as he, as soon as he walks into town, he's hungry. He just had a little bit of bread that the priest gave him. He's looking for food. He's trying to survive. He's running from Saul. There's fear in his life, right? That's what the Bible said, that he was afraid of Saul. He comes into Gath. There's instantly whispering. Suddenly there's soldiers walking around everywhere. The gates are closed. In, in uh, 1 Samuel, it says, they brought, why, Achish asks, why have you brought him to me? The idea of brought is that they took David and they brought him to Achish. David wasn't walking and saying, hey, King Achish, how's it going? There was people who recognized David and said, Achish, I think you want to meet this guy. Hey, he may have been arrested. We, we don't know, but they, we do know that they brought him to the King Achish. So he was recognized. He was taken by the Philistines. They may have even had a price on his head. So there was people there. Could you imagine? David's in town. In Gath. Where Goliath's family is. He had Goliath's sword on his back. We don't hear about Goliath's sword after this. They may have taken it from him. We don't know. But there's David walking through Gath. For fear of Saul, and suddenly he's surrounded by Philistine soldiers, David. That's him. They accuse him of being the king of the land. Why would they say David was a king? He was the one who was leading the armies. Hey, he's the guy we want to get. That's David. 
David's exploits against the Philistines were well documented. Now, David had done nothing wrong to be put to death by Saul, right? David, the Bible says, had behaved himself wisely. He was living for God. The Spirit of God was on David. He was following God. God was working in his life. God was giving him victories. Saul couldn't stand it. Because Saul didn't have the Spirit of God. It had left him because he had been making his own choices. So Saul was out to get David. He had done nothing wrong to deserve it. But David's fear had led him to make decisions on his own. He began to run from Saul. And now he was standing in Goliath's hometown, recognized, and most likely arrested. I think about this time, I would be a little bit despairing, even of life. How about you? You're like, you know what? I might not make it till next week. I might not make it till tomorrow. But it was David's decisions that had led him there, hadn't it? God hadn't ordered him. God hadn't given him instructions. Go to Gath. David was afraid. He was running. And he found himself, as he was running in his own decisions, he found himself in Gath. Surrounded. Enemies on all sides. How often do we make decisions trying to fix a problem that leads ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper into the problem? We're we're trying to look at it. We're trying to fix it, and it gets worse. How many of you have ever seen the mechanic sign? $30 or $60 an hour work if you bring the car in. If you bring the car in after you try to fix it, $200 an hour. There's, there was actually a sign in a garage that had that. Because how many, you try to do it, you try to fix it, and like, man, I'm, and the, you take it to the mechanic, the mechanic looks at it and goes, who got loose in here? Who, who did something in here? That person had no clue. I'm not going to have to undo what they did so that I can fix it. If you do computer software, get a novice in there who thinks they know what they're doing. Ask, it's going to totally wreck it. They're going to have to completely rewrite it, start all over again. Right? How often do, as we make our own decisions, we begin, we see something that's going wrong and we begin to squirm and we try to get away from it. And like a trap, the more we squirm, the tighter it gets. That's how David felt. Living for God is not easy and not everyone around us is always helpful and encouraging. Was Saul being very encouraging to David? Is everyone in New York City very encouraging to what is going on here at church today? Not at all. But life still goes on. We are still to live for God. Sometimes, but sometimes it's our own decisions that take us deeper and bring us to a point of despair. Sometimes it seems that there's no way out. We fail to seek God. We flee from the trouble instead of turning it over to God. David was in a bad way. David was in trouble. David might not survive that day. So what did David do when he found himself surrounded? There is no way 
ours. David humbled himself and he cried out to God. The title of this psalm, when it talks about the the introduction there, the heading above it, it implies that this was a silent prayer. David wasn't walking around. Now, we know David played the harp, right? And David wrote psalms and songs. Do you think David was walking through the streets of Gath, playing on his harp, singing this song? I don't think so. I think this was a silent prayer between him and God. He looks at the enemies around him. He sees what is going on. And he just begs God. He says, be merciful unto me, O God. He calls out to God for mercy. He is asking God for grace and for help. He is no longer trying to figure out a way of escape. He is no longer, okay, they're here. They don't have any guards on that wall. Maybe I can jump over the wall. David just simply bows and he says, God, be merciful to me. God, I need your mercy. I need your grace. I am at my wit's end. Why was he at his wit's end? Why was he in such need of God's mercy? He had many enemies. For man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. Did David have some enemies? Oh yeah. We just talked about it, right? Saul, he had the armies of Israel coming this way. If he went back over the mountains. Now he's in Gath. He's got the armies of Gath. Surrounding him. They know who he is. They're out to get David. It wasn't necessarily his fault that Saul was chasing him. Now, it wasn't his fault that the Philistines were against him. Now, he had gone to Gath. That was his fault. But he was surrounded by enemies. He had many enemies. And these enemies were trying to destroy him. They wanted to swallow him up. It was They were panting. They were trying to, like a wild beast, devour him up. That's, that's the idea. Now, understand, the psalmist's poetry, he's putting the emotions that are there. He's putting the, the thought processes. They weren't literally going around panting. But that was their desire. Does everybody understand that? It was like a lamb surrounded by wolves. The wolves were there. The saliva was coming out of their mouth. The snarls were there. They were getting ready to pounce and there was nothing that he could do about it. There was no respite. How many times did it say daily? Daily. They're there. They're not stopping. It's constant. He's been running from Saul for a couple weeks now. Maybe a couple months. He's been running from Saul. He gets to Gath. They're there. They're around him. They're oppressing him. It's like squeezing him. Pushing him down. David has some enemies. And David was afraid. Hey, who wouldn't be afraid? They had real swords out there. Real spears. And they wanted to do things to David with those swords and with those spears. David, who was supposed to be the next king of Israel. David, who had had God lead him, who spent time with God. He was afraid. But David, as he began to seek God and ask for God's grace and ask for God's mercy as he humbled himself before God, 
he found the answer to the fear that was in him. What time I am afraid I will trust in thee. In God will I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. David made a statement of faith in God. He put his trust in God. Six times in this psalm, in 13 verses, David uses the phrase, in God, or in the Lord, or in thee. In God, he had put his trust. Whenever, now or in the future, that this deadly fear comes, I will trust and rest in my God. David knew his God, And though he was surrounded by the enemies, though there was real danger in David's life, he said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. As David was in despair, he recentered and refocused his faith on God. And when he did that, his thinking changed. And his behavior changed. What had he, what had he been doing up to this point? He'd been afraid, right? He had been running. He'd been running from Saul. Now he's in Gath. The Bible said that he was sore afraid of the king. Of, and he began to even act like a madman trying desperately some way, somehow to get out. And then he said, what time? He said, God, I, first he humbled himself. He said, God, I need your mercy. Then what time I am afraid? I will trust in thee. By the end of verse number 4, I will not fear what flesh will do unto me. He was no longer afraid. In God I will praise His Word. Praise, not only was He saying thank you, it has this idea of singing. Praise unto God. Maybe not audibly, but in His heart. Maybe one of the Psalms He had written began to stir in his heart. As he said, in God, I will put my trust. I will trust in thee. The thankfulness began to come in where there had been fear. He began to trust in God. Now, had a situation changed? No. We'll get into that in just a second. But David's thinking began to change. His behavior began to change. He began to, um, the fear began to, subsist, began to subside. He began to realize and remember who God is and what He had done. Praise began to spring forth in his heart. Then he goes back. He is writing a psalm here. Verse number 5. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. They were taking, the idea of resting there is this. They were literally taking his words and they were beating them and twisting them and take, this is what David said. Do you hear what David said? This is who David is. You think who David is? They were taking, they were pounding on what he, who he was and what he was saying and they were twisting it. Oh yes. He was trusting in God, but his enemies were still there. They were lying in wait for him. It says they gathered themselves together. They outnumbered David. They were getting a crowd. Now, 
he is using illustrate he is using metaphors and similes here, yes. But he's writing it. And there's a crowd of Philistine soldiers marching by. He walks around. There's soldiers on every corner. Here's what they're doing. They hide themselves. They're laying in wait like an ambush. Like a hunt. It says they mark my steps. That's the idea of this. A hunter tracking its prey. They're marking his steps. They're watching it. They know exactly where David is. They know where he's going. They're coming after him. They're there to get David. Everything he says is being used against him. They're gathering. They're outnumbering David. They're hiding in ambush. He doesn't know where they're going to attack from. They're marking his steps. They're following him. They're after him. But that's not the whole picture. Yes, David's enemies are after him. Yes, David's enemies are real. Yes, David's enemies are seeking to destroy him. But see, in verse number 1, David called out to God for mercy. David called out and said, In God I will put my trust. Yes, David's enemies were watching his every step. But David also knew. Verse number 8. Thou, God, speaking to God, Thou tellest my wanderings. Put Thou my tears into Thy bottle. Are they not in Thy book? Thou tellest my wanderings. Now, what was David doing at this point? David was on the run, right? From Saul. David was moving from place to place. He he might not know where he might spend the next night. He might not know where he was. He's on the run. He's, trying, he's fleeing from King David. And yet he knew this. Thou tellest my wanderings. Tellest. It has the idea of God was counting and recording every step that David was taking. Now his enemies, they were there. They were marking his steps. They were watching it. They were after him. But above all, God was watching his steps. Every step that David, David was taking, God was counting. God was writing down. Tellus also has this idea. God's record book. That God was counting. He was watching where David was going. And everything that David was going through, every trial, everything his enemies were doing against him, God knew about. God recorded it. God was watching. It says, put down my tears into thy bottle. God was recording David's trials and tribulations. What David was going through. The pain. The wrongs that others had done unto him. What was going on. The fact that his enemies was doing. God was watching. Put, he, he, God, put my tears. Was David... Wasn't he in trouble? The fact that his father-in-law was trying to kill him. His own wife had lied about him and what he had done. He was chased from, from his home. He had been a captain over the army. And now soldiers that were under him were following Saul. Trying to kill him. But David remembered 
that God knew everything that he was going through. God was counting. God was keeping a record of it. When you are in a trial, do not doubt God's goodness. God is not asleep. God is paying close attention to and recording every tear. In your fear, place your trust in God who is in control in a world out of control. God is in control in a world out of control. David's life. Wow. He's surrounded. His enemies are on every side. They're seeking after him. They're seeking to destroy him. But God was paying close attention to each and every one of David's problems as he is speaking there. And despite the circumstances that he was in, David could trust and praise his God. When I cry unto thee, verse number 9, then shall mine enemies turn back. I know for God is for me. I can trust you, God. In God have I put my trust. This is what I have done. I will not be afraid of what man can do to me. Both now and in the future, I will not be afraid. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. I will praise you, God. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? David could remember how God had delivered in the past. How about Goliath? How God had worked in his life and given him deliverance, um, protected him from Goliath, protected him while he was a shepherd. God, you have worked in the past in my life. It says, thy vows are upon me, O God. Both the promises I made to you, God, and the promises that God made to David. Remember when he was a little boy and Samuel broke that horn of oil over his head? And said, you're going to be the next king. Right? He had God's promises. That he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. Even though he's in Gath. He still had God's promises. God's promises had not changed. And at the end of, at the end of this song, David is still in Gath. But his attitude has completely changed. He went from a place of despair where he's begging, God, have mercy on me to God. Won't you deliver me? God, I put my trust in you. David was able to move from a place of despair to a place of deliverance by allowing the same circumstances to drive him back to a place of trust and reliance in God. As he, as he was there and he realized, whoa, I'm in over my head. There's nothing I can do. It was, if, if something didn't happen, David's life was over. And in despair, he turned and said, God, I need to put my trust back in you because you're still God. You still know, you still count every step that I take. You know everything that's happened to me. And I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm not going to fear what man is going to do to me. I'm going to put my trust and reliance back in God. And God moved David from a place of despair into a place of deliverance. In God, David had put his trust. In God, David could not... David could face his problems without fear. In God, David could sing praises and praise God no matter that the Philistine soldiers were walking outside. God did 
deliver David. And David rejoiced. Turn to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. The heading on this psalm, a psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, or the king of of, um, the Philistines, who drove him away and he departed. So he wrote Psalm 56 while he was in Gath. God delivered him as he put his trust in God and sought God and begged God for his mercy. God delivered him. And then as he left Gath, this is the psalm that he wrote. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked upon Him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good things. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them. Out of all their troubles, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked and them that hate and they that hate righteousness shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. What a change from Psalm 56 to Psalm 34. David moved from a place of despair. He's on his his knees. Be merciful to me, O God. God, I need your help. I'm at the end of my rope, God. I need There's nothing I can do. Verse chapter number 34, as he's walking out of Gath, he's rejoicing. He says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. God did deliver David. And David was rejoicing. The problem is, when we find ourselves in that point of despair, we tend to allow the trials of life, maybe the wrongs that others have done to us, or our own mistakes, our own decisions where we begin to follow our own way, And we begin to seek our own way and we stop asking God what He would have us to do. It's like, I got this problem here, I'm going to run this way. It's just the way away from... Did God say to go to Gath? I don't know, I'm just going this way. And we begin to make our own decisions and we run away from what what we think is this big problem. And we end up suddenly twisting and turning in a much bigger problem. 
and we find ourselves in despair, life likes to find you there. Where you feel trapped. No way out. But God is merciful. God is so merciful that when we call on His name, He shows us that He has been there all along and that God wants to bring us from a place of despair to a place of deliverance. That God wants to bring us from despair to hope. On a journey of faith. Wasn't that what David went on as he was there in Gath, crying unto God, and finally said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. David went on a journey of faith because the answer is in God. As David began to seek God again, as he put his trust in God, his praise became in God. His fear of man went away as he put his trust in God. As he sought God, God took him on a journey so that what time he was afraid, he was able to trust in his God. And God delivered David. Maybe you're in a time where you're in despair. You don't know what to do. Or maybe there's just something you haven't reached the end, but you have a decision here or a decision there. Which way do I go? How do I get the leadership from God? I need to trust in God, but how does that work? We can follow David's example on the journey of faith that God brought him on. He started with humbling himself before God, didn't he? He said, God, be merciful to me, O God. God, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. I can't escape on my own. God, you're going to have to do something. I'm putting my trust in you. He humbled himself. Isn't that what Psalm 34 said? He said, Thou hearest such of a contrite heart as he humbled himself, as he, as he broke it. God, I can't do this. I can't find my own way. God, I don't know where to go. But I know who you are. And I know where my trust belongs. And God began to point and began to lead. And He showed David how he could do this. And He changed the mind of Achish, king of Gath. And worked. And suddenly, David came from despair to deliverance. And he was walking out. God was... David eventually became king. God kept His promises to David. Only God's mercy and grace will sustain you. Paul. He prayed... To God that something would be removed. Sometimes we're in trials, but God's grace is what we need. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. You have to start with humbling yourself before God. You cannot be saved until you humble yourself before God and admit that you cannot save yourself. That's where it starts, isn't it? You cannot trust in God until you stop trusting in yourself. Until you stop realizing that you can do it. And David had to come to that point. I can't do it. I can't deliver myself. And if you've been saved in your Christian life, it's the same way. You can't do it. You and I can't move on. We have to remember it's through God's grace and it's through God's mercy that we can live. And we simply need to put our trust in God because the answer is in God. It's in the Lord. Allow your inadequacy. Yes, David, he had no hope. He was in despair. And it drove him to a place of continual trust and reliance on God. He said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. 
That's future. The, the verb tense there. That means it's from this point and now on. From this point without stopping. That is going to continue. I will. What time? Whatever time that I am afraid, both now and in the future, I will trust in thee. When the fear comes, I will trust in thee. When the fear comes when I'm king and I'm facing the Philistines ten years down the road, I will trust in thee. When, the, when, the, when a ziklag comes, I will trust in thee. Only God can save your soul. Only God can deliver you from your own mistakes. That's where David was in Gath. And yet God delivered him as he sought and trusted in God. Only God can remove the fear that David was facing. And God did that for him. Remember that God and sees, that God sees and knows all. When you begin remembering who God is and what can be found in God, where there was fear, there can be joy. Where there was silence, there can be praises and singing. Because you and I can be delivered from despair. We can be delivered from our own decisions. We can be delivered from our enemies that are round about us. When we place our trust in God and His Word. And we seek after Him. And we trust in Him. David wasn't dependent on himself anymore to overcome the Philistines and get out of there. After this time, that's when David's mighty men began to be built. That's when God began to move and, and create and mold David to the man that he would be as he would be king. As he submitted himself to God and began to trust in God and seek more and more God's leadership, God began to work in David's life and mold him and make him so that he could be who God wanted him to be. And he delivered David out of all his distresses. And the answer is in God. God wants to hear you sing. God wants to see you live for Him. But sometimes, through our own decisions, it could be something we're trying to serve God and we, we just we made a mistake and we're over here now. It could be that we's like, I, I, there's this fear here. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to run as fast, away, as fast as I can away from this. And it's like that trap. That the more you squirm, the tighter it gets. And it feels like David a little bit. The wolves, the lions, whatever animal comes to your mind, is prowling around. God, what am I going to do? What, what is there? The same answer that was before you ended up in that circumstance is it's in God. When you place your faith in God, He will save your soul from hell. When you place your faith and trust in God, He will direct and guide your steps each and every day. Now, does that mean all the enemies are going to go away? Have to be, David said, At what time I am afraid I will trust in thee? But they're still gathering outside. They're still outnumbering me. They're marking my steps. But God was marking David's steps. God 
knew every pain and every trial that David was going through. He was keeping track. He was keeping record. And as David turned his faith and his trust to God, as he renewed that and refocused himself on who God is, a song began to come from his lips. The fear began to disappear. Now, were his enemies still there? For a while. God delivered him. God delivered him. God would deliver him from Saul. God would deliver him as king from constant battles that would come. And as long as David put his trust and kept his trust in God, he saw God deliver him again and again and again. God was never, wait a second, David, you got ahead of me. I don't know where you are right now. David, God was there over top of David. Every step that David was taking as he was wandering through the wilderness, he didn't know where he would be. He didn't know what was going to happen. God, in God's record book, had an entry there named David. This is what someone did to him. This is where he went today. He knew every step that David was taking. And David said, it's my trust in you. I can sing to you, God. I can praise you in God. I have put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. Because God is able to deliver us. And we can be delivered from despair, from wherever we are, when we simply stop. Humble yourself before God. We, you and I don't have the answers. No matter what's going on. Humble yourself before God and trust in Him. Because God is able to deliver you. The answers are in God. And when our trust is in God, doesn't matter what man is able to do to us. Because the answers are in God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before You and we thank You for this morning. And Lord, we thank You for the life of David as we can see how You work and desire to work in each one of our lives. I just pray, Lord, that You would work. If there's someone here who's unsure of their salvation, 